wrist. It's not going to work. I'm, no, I'm looking... What, the E-key? Yeah. yeah. Well, I know that. We're asking... I'm just giving you my professional opinion. You need an E-key. <laughs> hey, do you think you can go the rest Thanks. of your life without using the letter E? Well, it's... Sounds like a challenge to me. Well, <laughs> Chris, can you go the rest of this episode without using the letter E? <laughs> you can, actually. You could. Highlight no. an E. Well, I, I, couldn't, I could not spell my full name. That's right. I'm Chris not, R. You're not listening to me. You can highlight that's right, control C. an E and keep it in your clipboard. <laughs> I not, I'm pretty sure that's what I did whenever my old computer's E. For real? Yeah. I have done this as well. Yeah. It's it's stupid, but like... I'm just going to get it fixed. Yeah. I mean, you should get it fixed. Yeah, you should, but no like, there are dumb, dumb, dumb words Watches, the podcast where three friends sit down, watch a couple movie, have a little themed cocktail, and then talk about what we liked and like and how we would fix it. Uh, I am your host for this week, GWB. And I'm Chris Ravel. It's a me, Paper Brendan Drishler. Hi, Paper Brendan. I'm so two dimensional. <laughs> also, I made a paper. We're, we're good with the mini episode. <laughs> uh, we, we're going to be coming back at you in two weeks with a full movie. Yep. Uh, that movie. Will be what? flypaper. Flypaper. It's called flypaper. What's flypaper? Literally, no one has heard of it. Uh, nope. <laughs> uh, it's really slipped under the radar. It, despite being made uh, not that long ago, it is not available. In the what was it made? Two thousand eleven. Yeah, sounds. Wow, good. really? Uh, yep. Uh, it is a little movie with Patrick Dempsey and Ashley Judd. I, this is post Enchanted. Yeah, it would be. Uh, so you think? Yeah, Enchanted was maybe like you think you the world thinking Patrick Dempsey was going to have like successful film career. Yeah. And then that did not happen. Well, then we had Maid of Honor. We were like, oh, yeah, we perhaps we rushed into things. Wait, was yeah. this before or after Maid of Honor? I think it's after. Interesting. Um, any, in any case, it's Patrick Dempsey, Ashley Judd, a bunch of character actors. God, it has a 17 on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, it's not. So, well chosen me. I feel very peculiarly about this movie. I chose it. Um, it's a weird little heist-type movie. Uh, it's fascinating. And Jeffrey Tambor, yeah, wow. I cannot wait to talk about... Uh, Everything? I'm looking at this up. Oh my up. god, holy shit, okay. This is directed by Rob Minkoff, who directed The Lion King. What? <laughs> Oh. An animated movie should be noted. Perhaps skills don't translate to other. Oh, he also directed the Haunted Mansion. That tracks. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, one more. But also, these are both like very family-oriented movies compared to this like very. Yeah, yeah I'm looking class. at everything else. Wow. Done, and it's like Stuart Little, Stuart Little Two, Mr. <laughs> Pete Sherman, Flypaper. Yeah, I I read an article by some guys that had an access uh, to a, a draft of the screenplay of this, yeah. and they got the impression <laughs> that it was meant to be Hangover-esque. And oh. So, and I, I think this. This was before they'd seen the movie. I feel like yeah. it was available to see. It is not hangover-esque. Interesting. I don't know if that is an impression they got erroneously. Or maybe, is there like maybe like a trailer somewhere out there that gave them an idea? I mean, it wouldn't maybe be the trailer. trailer. Would be I don't the think they've not, they've not seen the movie. Yeah, an early version of the script. Um, but anyway, I can't wait to talk about uh, what we think Patrick Dempsey is supposed to be playing. Um, <laughs> By the way, what condition his character is meant to have? That's exciting. That that's that it's. Up in the air. Yeah, I'm really yeah. excited to dig in. TBD. Yep. Um, that'll be coming out in two weeks. Uh, we will, of course, be drinking something to celebrate. Yeah, the drink we'll be making is called a Swiss Miss. And this Swiss Miss is going to be a nice slushy variant on a frozen hot chocolate. You're going to get one ounce of Kahlua, two ounces of bourbon, a couple of drops of vanilla extract, and three to four frozen hot chocolate ice cubes. So obviously, you'll make hot chocolate in advance, freeze it, and then we will throw all of that in a blender 
get it all nice and slushy, and drink it up, because I'm sure it'll be 90 fucking degrees when we record it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am I am excited that we can... I love... I've only maybe had like a frozen or a cold hot chocolate a few times in my life, but it's always been very delightful when yeah. I have, so I'm very excited. It was at, yeah, good shit. They used to make them at this like local cafe um, in Bridgewater where my high school was, and I never... It, for me, in high school, that was like the most exotic thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, what a contradiction. I mean, I remember when I... My mom... like like I think one of the first coffees I had... Uh, ever was like just sipping a little bit of like iced coffee and I was like coffee but that's supposed to be hot how European so you can't in my household um, I was practically uh, suckling on iced coffee (laughs) (laughs) as soon as you were as soon as you were old enough to handle caffeine it was right on the bottle for you small dunks iced iced coffee Uh, especially one of those like targets like uh, wood sides like in this house. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, were you about to say with as much milk as they put in it? Yeah. As well as there's, enough, there's enough milk in a medium regular to sustain an infant. Yeah. <laughs> in any case, that's what we'll be doing in two weeks. I'm excited. Yep. Um, we have another episode of uh, Why Don't We Watch This? That's right. Yeah. yeah, Why Don't We Watch This? I yeah. think this is our last episode for like the summer. We're closing up the summer yeah, yeah, yeah. and we'll move back to yeah. our regular mini episode thing. Yeah. yeah. Because we got some topics. We, have, we actually got some topics. I mean, this may have started because we didn't have any topics. That's right. We just thought, like, also, like, why not enjoy ourselves, you know? But also, the world's going to hell. Once we hit our stride on it, I've actually been very much enjoying being able to talk about movies that are good. Yeah, yeah it's not just that we ever do this again. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's also nice to shake things up. Although we do have to say, this being our last one, I do want to comment that each and every time we go to talk about these movies, I always find myself more fired up if I have more bad things to say than good. So it's almost like I, I'm just like saying to the microphone, I don't want to say too much about it because you could, you should go out and see it. It's a good movie. I don't mind. I mean, I know that people have things with spoilers and yeah. I try to respect that with people, but I don't give a shit about spoilers. I, don't I, don't I think also the more... Uh, I'm trying to do about, encouraging rip jobs. Uh, the Nice Guys. The Nice Guys. The Nice Those Boys. Those guys. 2016, nice directed by Shane Black, written by Shane Black and Anthony... Bagarazzi, who I don't know, doesn't have a Wikipedia entry. Very interesting. It's got Russell Crowe, Ryan Gosling, and Gordy Rice, who's the daughter. I don't really know her. Ryan Baby uh, Goose. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Baby <laughs> Goose. Matt Bomer, Margaret Qualley, Keith David, and Kim Basinger. Basinger? 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 I I'm pretty sure it's Basinger. I think it's Basinger, too. Okay. Kim Basinger. It's uh, set in 1977 Los Angeles, focused yeah. on a private eye, Gosling, and a tough enforcer, Crowe, who teamed up to investigate the experience of a teenage girl, Margaret Qualley. Um... I had never seen this before, yeah. but I had seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Right. In many ways, this feels like the spiritual sequel to Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yes. I mean, they. Oh, t- I mean, I, yeah. I think they just kind of took those vibes and then put them in the seventies. Mm-hmm. And um, also, oh, they're still very similar. They do. They do. There. I mean, there, there is a lot. Like honestly, you could like draw direct parallels too, because there's. Yeah. Older guy in blue face in this one. It's sort of like you inverted them because yeah. the professional detective is the weaselly one, right. and like the sort of earnest, hardworking one is the sort of like amateur who doesn't really know what he's doing. Right. right. Yeah. Um, and you've also got like um, some of Michelle Monaghan kiss just bang bang. Like there's this like younger woman in this case his daughter, so much younger, who like proves to be very competent despite mm-hmm. the fact that she's never done this before. Yeah, so like yeah. th- there's a lot of like lines you could draw well, from one movie to the other. The 
the daughter also has a sort of like moralizing effect yeah. on the characters. There is like a big scene at a Hollywood like a Hollywood party where everyone's dressed up in ridiculous costumes. Yeah. It's uh, and also like we saw watching this, it does a lot of subversion of the tropes that a detective or noir movie might have. And it's would, funny how like you can do this with uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and the Nice Guys, and we're like, I love it, but. Uh, it's really proof that, like, Star Wars really did fuck it up, huh? Because, like, Star Wars did do the same shit over and over again. Yeah. And it did get really bland and boring. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's I, I, that's the thing, right? Like, you you can do it, you gotta do it fresh, though, right? Yeah. Like, you can revisit those same beats, but you just gotta still be clever. About you gotta do it yeah. fresh, and you also need to kind of bring in new angles from time to time. Yeah. So, for as while I would say, like, the characters are very similar, and there's a lot of character dynamics I recognize from Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, it is its own story. Yeah. And it does sort of have its own zany perspective as well. It's a pretty different story. I would also um, say that it's like it, it's a darker movie. I don't know if that's necessarily yeah. true. There's, I feel like the body count this one is much higher yes. than Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. It's violent than And yeah. the, uh, it's not really like as um, clear an ending. It's not like as, as cathartic. Right, yeah. Right. It basically ends and they're like, well, not a lot's changed here. Yeah. Well, there, it's interesting you would bring that up because there are elements of it that almost reminded me somewhat of Burn After Reading, just in how it would careen from insane plot development to insane plot development in a really entertaining way. Mm-hmm. But then where it's headed is an end that is essentially like, sure. sorry, that's yeah. real life folks. Yeah. And um, I actually did think that for it being a heightened dark comedy, and there are many moments that I think it kind of pushes its tone high up to great effect. Mm-hmm. But then I feel like the drop down comes when he, uh, Shane Black assigns real world consequences for typical, like, film noir adventure behavior. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I mentioned this while we were watching it, but I love that every missed shot, every shot that comes from a gun that is, like, knocked in the wrong direction... Hits a random person. Hits a random person, yeah. hits a lamp, hits a... You see what happens to the yeah. bullet, which I love. You have this scene in the beginning where Ryan Gosling's trying to break into that bar. Yes! So he, like, covers his hand in a rag and, like, tries to break through the glass, and he does, and then it, like, catches his wrists, yeah. and he starts, like, hemorrhaging blood. <laughs> so that's kind of, like, a Shane Black trademark, I right, think, yeah. like... Ex, like subvert. Now I don't want to say this in like a because like Rosalind Media made a huge joke about Ryan Johnson subverting expectations, yeah. but that is what he, what Shane Black is doing with like the kind of classy cool things that happen in these detective movies are like you see them for what they really are. Right. right. Someone misses a gunshot, it probably will hit someone. Someone does the like Russian roulette trick in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Right, and they have to like, actually shoot someone. Put a right. Right. that yeah. gun's gonna shoot someone. Right. I love too that like developments happen. And uh, kind of almost like during fights or tense situations from like the silliest or like the dumbest little slip ups or mistakes. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I love how, oh, like how he falls out. He's like drunkenly. Yes. <laughs> falls out of the apartment and then happens to land next to a dead body. And that's yeah. when you discover a major clue. In the- yes. Yeah. Well, but then I also love that he sees Margaret Qualley kind of like looking at him from behind a tree <laughs> and he's like, Hey, can you get my gun? No, he's like, I just gotta get my gun. He's like telling her, like, yeah. I'm not gonna hurt you, I'm just looking for my gun. Look, I can't hurt you, I don't have my yeah. gun. I'm gonna find my yeah. gun. <laughs> um, I also loved uh, the the shit, like, um, the, the violence would be very slapstick on the one hand, and that's, that would tend to be in the violent scenes where, like, the tone would be pushed a little further up, but it would also kind of have this slightly believable edge to it, because, like, 
people get really hurt in this movie. Like, yeah, well, Ryan Gosling splits his wrist by accident, he breaks his arm, all this other shit. Yeah, but I think Shane Black is also really good at um, the flashing the tone in a good way, where, like, the the, the, the teenager, Margaret Quayle, is, like, try, runs away. Like, she's like, all right, shit's going down. I'm better run away from this yeah. assassin. And the first thing she, the first car she waves down is <laughs> the assassin. And it's like a funny moment where the, the assassin has this goofy, like, well, wow, that's yeah. fun. But then, like, in the next moment, it's just like a really harsh, like... Just shoots her in the head. Yeah, just shoots yeah. her in the head. And she just yeah. drops dead. And like, it, the, so many great whiplash moments like that. And I also love how many tense scenes would turn and turn very quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, when, Matt, when the assassin, Matt Bomber, first shows up... Um, you're, you, the audience member, is able to recognize him pretty immediately as an assassin because he's instantly really creepy, but it does take a hot second for the daughter, Holly, to figure out. Yeah. But it is... I was I found it extremely refreshing about a lot of how these turns would resolve. So, for example, it didn't feel like we had this whole cat and mouse thing between the assassin and Holly spooling out for like ten minutes, yeah. which I feel like a lesser director would have maybe done. I'm so glad that they just moved very quickly through these kind of expected beats. Yeah so that we can get to what the next, like, flourish or twist he's going to add to it. I also really like that um, Matt Bomer's assassin character, John Boy, doesn't show up until, like, Act 3 of the movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of a nice touch. It's a nice way to raise the stakes mm-hmm. as you're going into that, and it's not like he comes out of nowhere because Blueface mentions it earlier, like, oh, John Boy's coming from New York, he's going to kill you. He knows about you. Kill, yeah, he's killed your friends, everyone, you're all dead. And so, like, it's not surprising when he shows up, yeah. but, like, because you've had this lead up to it. the first time... They encounter him as like on scene killing dudes in the hotel. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that true. Him. Yeah, that's, but he's, he's, he's off screen. Yeah, yeah. Well, like he's he's a presence in the movie. Right. Yeah. No. Before you actually see him at the doorstep, which yeah. is um, it, it's it's a good like raising of the stakes as you're sliding into home there mm-hmm. toward the end. And the build up to the character, I actually thought was really cool because yeah. they just mentioned him a few times, and then yeah, you see the killing off screen. But I thought it was a very light touch of establishing that character and his menace and his abilities. Yeah. Um, without it feeling, because I feel like otherwise, I you're, Walton's character. Yeah. right? But if you're, but if you were to tell me like, oh, there's gonna be a third act character reveal and it's the main assassin in another movie, I might think like, hmm. well, the thing is, the assassin isn't really like the antagonist, right? No, it's it's it's, it's just a, like a tool of the I mean, antagonist. It's like an odd job showing up or something at the end of a James Bond movie, right? Yeah. Right. He's just sort of like part of the bigger. Right, but he is—he's like the muscle here too. So whereas you have spoiler alert, Kim Basinger being the actual mastermind behind all of this, she's obviously not, you know, the enforcer here. Um, yeah, I—I don't know what to say except I had a rollicking good time watching this adventure. (laughs) Yeah, that's a blurb for the Blu-ray. Exactly. I really want to get on it. Um, but it was also just like it was really fucking funny. Um, really off of Matthew Bomber's character, I was surprised to see him appear, let alone in that role. Is it Bomber? Who's Bomber? I always Bomber? said Bomber. I don't know. I said Bomber, but I, oh, have I don't no know. Idea. Oh, you know? I thought maybe you knew something. I feel like if it was Bomber, there would be an extra B, right? It's probably Bomber. I, yeah, I was just curious if maybe you knew something I didn't. Maybe you were in with Brian Murphy and Chums. I mean, I'm always getting Blood Orange Mars! his white, dark-haired gaze that he keeps going back to. Oh my god, if it's not him, it's Flynn Whit- Whitrock. They need a, I mean, they need a one beautiful one. presence to read lines. Anyway. anyway like Blood Orange Margaritas? Yeah, it was like he he would talk about taking his writer's room out for that specifically. Oh, well. That he was like, that's that's what that's mostly my role in the writer's room. I just take note for margaritas. Oh, I wish I had that. He's, okay. he's insufferable. But the point is, I had a great time watching him play against type, and I thought the assassin character was so weird and funny. And then I also just, as you pointed out, Ryan Gosling plays against type in yeah. this character. I mean, I've never seen Ryan Gosling 
He's not, he's not <laughs> suave. Not. <laughs> he's not suave. He's not he's not like a sexy, he's charming not. presence. He is a no. hot And mess. I think it's also one of those reasons why the whole like subversion of detective tropes works, is because he's like playing a character who's trying to be a lot cooler than he actually is. Yeah. Like he's sort of just like this 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 awkward dad who who, you know, like has the ideas of what he's doing but can't quite execute them. Well honestly, like I like I've I i do not know that I've ever seen a character quite like <clears throat> Ryan Gosling's character in this movie, and I, I think it's probably my favorite aspect of the movie because like he, it's weird because he, he like is really smart and is a good detective, and you're introduced the way they introduced him, you just kind of expect like he's garbage at his job, mm-hmm. and all he does is like do his job jobs, but like he keeps surprising you by like actually figuring things, and sometimes they are bullshit. The flights, like yeah. <laughs> Although, like, he does have a point. Like, no, no, he explains, he, his, he explains his math. He's he does, like, notice there. things Can a lot. Can I tell you how fucking... I loved that, by the way, as another subversion. Yeah. Because they do play that moment of, like, <gasps> actually, I've known this thing the whole time. And I also even love the subversion they nested in that when he, like, turns to Holly and he's like, did he stop? And then before he continues on his spiel about the plane. Yeah. Um, and then I just love that he was wrong. And that they like yeah. they, they get there, the building's demolished, and he just turns around and goes like, "Okay, I guess we should go to the airport then." Great <laughs> pattern of behavior that he has too. Like he seems to have this like unswerving confidence in all of the like, despite how many mistakes he makes. Because before that, he's like, "Well, it's good because I already know where she is." Well, like, when he takes Kate up for two days, and he's like, "Well, that's fine. I already know where Lily is." And he goes to that like protest, like, "This is a protest group. She's here somewhere, yeah, and she's like not there." Ah, <laughs> like, oh, goddammit. Fucking chat. <laughs> Fucking chess. Uh, he, I don't know. He's, he's a really compelling character. Like you get the sense that like maybe he was maybe a little different before his wife died, but probably also <laughs> still mostly. Her so I, I have a question then. So his wife like definitely died in something related to the house fire, right? Uh, because oh, did there she? was a gas leak. That's what I'm thinking. He couldn't smell right, the gas leak. Because the daughter says uh, that like right. mom kept saying that she smelled something, yeah. and he couldn't smell. But like, so she died of like carbon monoxide poisoning or a fire or something. I assume. I think it was since there's no house, right? It was a fire. Okay. So I, I just wanted to like see if we were all the same because they never explicitly say yeah. that. Um, but. It's implied. Yeah. So it's kind of nice, I guess, that they don't take the moment for the daughter to be like, actually, what happened? Blah, 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 <laughs> when she, like, doesn't say it, but Russell Crowe, like, gets what she's mm-hmm. getting at. Um, the one thing that I was... That I feel like I don't love in this movie, because I don't think... I don't think it's... I don't want to say it's not done well, but I guess it, it's it's not really given the sort of attention that you think it might be given, is that... He's like an alcoholic. Yeah, yeah. it's strange. So he's like he's depressed because his wife died. We yeah. know this, but like so his alcoholism. And I would need to see this because I watched this movie like when it came out in theaters, and probably like once Same. after that. And it's been years since I've seen it again. So like yeah. watching this movie tonight was watching it basically with new eyes, where I like I remember like oh wait this is gonna happen like this is this is the thing. Yeah. But like so if I remember this correctly and could be wrong. His alcoholism doesn't come up really as a plot point until they're at the party and people keep like buying him with drinks. Yes. And so, like, I think you would be forgiven for just thinking that maybe he's like this group who doesn't really know how like say no or face himself. himself. Right. And but then like it kind of comes up because later on there's the scene where he and Holly meet Russell Crowe outside his house and she says something like we're late because we were at a bar and then and like he's drunk clearly and so like it's the middle of the day he's been drinking he's supposed to be an alcoholic and then this comes in again. I mean. Probably other times, but later at the movie, at the end, where um, he's at a party and Keith David has his daughter, and Ryan Gosling pretends to be like fall down drunk so that Keith David doesn't suspect that he's capable of actually attacking him, right. and then you know throws a chair and whatever it is that he does. So 
it feels like that's sort of one of those scenes, like in, in you know, in a movie where it's like, and then I learned to not be an alcoholic anymore because like yeah. I got my shit together. Then in the movie, he's drinking a scotch, and so like I, I don't know, it could just be like a callback to like seventies detective, where like you would drink a lot and no one would ever say it's a problem. That yeah. that was what I was going to point out. I bet yeah. the reason why they never really call it as alcoholism directly is because it was the seventies. The most I think they seem to like register it is when Russell Crowe adamantly says he is not driving. Uh, well, I would say that this first time it really strikes as a problem uh, is at the end when uh, the black guy, the black guy has like a yeah. gun to her, right. yeah, and is like, I've got a gun to your daughter's spine or something, and he turns around and is clearly drunk, and the yeah. daughter just sort of like has this like uh, not surprised, yeah, like face. basically rolls her off. and that to me was the indication that it's like an on like a long-standing yeah. problem, yeah. Um, I am intrigued by that not being solved by the end of the movie. Well, the thing is, like, I agree that it's maybe not given... It's a weird thing to put in if you're not going to do more with it. Yeah. I would not have enjoyed it if it was magically... If it was, like... I mean, I'm not saying that I wanted him to, like, like go to the market yeah. and be like, no thanks, I'll have a water. Like, yeah. I'm all I mean, good. I think it's more but, realistic that he is still working at the end. Right. If, but like, it's just, I, I guess my issue is mostly is that this movie posits that it's a problem for him, it's a problem for his daughter, and at the end of the movie, it's just like, and it's going to keep on happening. Yeah. So it, it's sort of like, like I, I would be okay with it perhaps if the movie implied this wasn't like a more or less constant state with him. I feel like something at the end that is, it, like, at least acknowledging. Yeah. I have a moment between daughter and father about that. Yeah, or just that even like, that there is nothing in her behavior throughout the movie that implied that this was a relatively normal thing for him. You know, like, if this was, like, if you didn't have the scene where he showed up drunk after they were, were you know, after they meet Russell Crowe back at his house, yeah. you could just chalk it up to, like, him drinking too much at parties or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. the fact that he does it in the middle of the day is when you're kind of like, oh, this guy has an issue. Are we meant to believe that by the end of this, it's sort of like this caper where these two not great people who are kind of super messes in their own way. Mm-hmm. I mean, Russell Crowe's entire existence appears to just be beating the shit out of people. Yeah. Um, that I wonder if, like, by the end of it, we are just supposed to kind of be like, you know, like, why would this have changed them? They're both these kind of low-life scummy people. Well, I mean... With dirty hands. Russell Crowe starts the movie as a character who wants to, like, live a more... Moral like, life. Moral, upstanding yeah. life, but doesn't really know how to do it, and can't really to get out of the, the, the difficult the like, habits yeah, that, he, that he would normally use. Um, so it's an interesting like arc, because I don't think that... It's one that's like Russell Crowe has, and like maybe he ends the movie in a slightly better place, whereas I don't know that there's much of an arc for um, our boy, right? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I feel like the arc is kind of culminating in the scene where you think he's drunk and then he's not, yes. which makes you think that, like, oh, he's licked it. Alcoholism yeah. is not a it's, problem anymore. I mean, maybe not licked it so much as maybe he like, had a realization of, like, oh, if I just don't get fucked up this one time, maybe I can, like, pull it together a yeah. little. I think yeah. it's mostly the arc for Ryan Gosling is mostly, like, him... Uh, getting his life together. Getting his life together. Like, I think that it's to do with, like, his daughter and, like, feeling good about something he did because his daughter's proud of him. Yeah. And also kind of, like, seeing a job through, because you also get the impression at the beginning of the movie, and from what the daughter's comment was about halfway through the movie, where yeah. she talks about how his method for stringing clients yeah. along for more Yeah, money. I mean, I don't think it's that he doesn't get shit done. I think it's just that, like, he's taking these dumb cases that he knows don't have an actual resolution, but he'll right. be, like, milking money right. from people because, like... Which was his plan with the ants. Right. So it's because it's like he's also not that great of a guy either. So it's sort of like the end of the movie is like these two people who were kind of shitty found each other and might try to be less shitty together as a family unit. 
Yeah. Oh my god, what a what a my two dads situation it is for Holly. Yeah. <laughs> two daddies now. Holly has two daddies. I do love them. I mean, it's it is. I mean, it is clearly conflict for Rank Austin too, because when he first sees the aunt, he, the first time we meet the aunt in the movie, he is saying like he is trying to get out. I yeah. For her for right. two days. She's clearly she's dead. dead. Yeah. And, and, and like he's almost like almost at the door, and he's he's like practically like harangued into taking more money right. in the case. Yeah. Like especially considering his like moral weakness, he's like. I'm not, it's not, like, you don't blame him that much for taking more money. For right. Him. He has the desire to do the right thing, I yeah. think, overall. Yeah. I think he gets sidetracked by his, uh, I don't know what, worldly vices, because he's also throwing himself at uh, Kim Basinger's assistant yeah. throughout well, the movie, even when she's made it clear, I will kill you. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's also, like, he needs money, like, to, he needs to make a living somehow. Yeah. And he's yeah. And, like, their house is destroyed, they're technically renting, they don't have a house anymore. Yeah. I mean, the thing I would say, I guess, with with Kim Basinger's assistant, it's it's you you don't really get the impression throughout the movie per se that he's constantly throwing himself at like whatever woman wanders by him. For the most part, you know, like it's he's not really into her though. No, no, I am saying he's into her, but it's not like he's like this like walking dick, you know, who's sure, just going yeah. after whatever one. So like, I don't know if that represents that he's like done in by his vice by his vices. Uh, actually, he does go after the mermaids. Nothing bad happens. No, to him. he doesn't. But he's like drunk and trying to True. talk to the yeah. mermaids. Yeah, he's trying to. Oh, talk I thought to I thought he just meant like talk like uh, sex. No, I don't. Think I, don't so. I, I, I would argue again, the opposite. I would argue that like. It's proof that he's not a walking dick because he's at a party full of like porn actresses. And That's true. He has, he's like talks to the woman who's like wearing nothing but body paint. It's just like, hey, I need to know this. Like, there's yeah. no idea if there's any. You mean at the same party where Russell Crowe and other people keep putting a drink on that? Yes. On that a human sculpture's ass. Yeah, yeah. woman who's like actually just bending over at the coffee table. Yeah. Um, but there's also the reason I think he's into that that assistant is. That he, I mean, this was maybe an extrapolation I made myself. The relationship with his daughter. Yeah. That yeah. She was like, that she was like entertained. That right. She was, she was doing magic laugh. tricks for. Yeah. yeah. And I think that was like not. A, I don't want to use the word turn on to be sexually, but I think that was what interested him more. Yeah. Right. I, I, I see. I, think I didn't funny. think about that. That's a really good point. Yeah. yeah. That he used her as like because there were mom yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because there were like two extended lingering shots on. Uh, the assistant playing some kind of yeah, hard and trick. Cut, yeah, and it's cut with him who are like looking, like looking at like approvingly. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. I think I think it's supposed to. Be that. I mean, he does have his issues. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah, but yeah. I, I don't I don't think he's like a man of like. He's also <laughs> insisting like you're just not a murderer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Said she killed three people. Yeah, you don't backstory. <laughs> he's like, look at what's in front of you. <laughs> uh, but honestly, I mean, Shane Black is just really good at comedic, like timing yeah. and like. The, the some of the highlights for me are like the dreams, uh, <laughs> dream that it's like well, yeah. without a like it's so it's so it, subtle right my and Chris ass. you were like so confused I was <laughs> you're too confused with like the car drives and stuff you were like what <laughs> <laughs> and he says I was like yeah all cars do that yeah you said all cars do that well and I honestly had a moment where I sat there and thought had cruise control been invented yet but you would still need to put your hand like your, your <laughs> the pedal on the gas right. like I was like really trying to go through. And then, of course, like... He'll be in the backseat. Right. Yeah, and then it's I was like... Oh, okay. oscillation Voice by Hannibal Burris. Oh! Yeah. Love him. Yeah. Um, I was also going to say I love that when uh, Ryan Gosling drops into the pool and we get a beautiful callback to the Nixon. Yes. And then he goes, Nixon, no! Yeah. And then he's like, no! No! Yeah. <laughs> but then talk about how, like... My favorite about that bit is how... He's telling this like roundabout story. Russell like, Crowe is like explaining and, yeah, like it's just, like an ex 
ex-president Nixon shows up to this guy, and but like you think about it from the guy's point of view, does he think that everyone sees? Right, this guy's dying in a car accident. He's lying on the street. Nixon, who has just been like kicked out of the White House, shows up and is like, like it's okay, everything's gonna be okay. And you think about from this guy's perspective, where he's like, does Nixon just show up when you're dying? (laughs) (laughs) Which is like bizarre. Point. Of yeah. This, a bizarre story. Oh my god. And then, like, that he reveals. Yeah, the there's a bizarre way to get to the point of, like, there are, there are like, two, two sides to the story. Given, yeah. Just, like, not, like, really what, it, what that story is saying at yeah. all. I kind of, I, I kind of love the movie's insistence on Russell Crowe just being this very weird but thoughtful person. Yeah, like, yeah. He's, like, <laughs> he's like very like dim but tries. Yes. Like, he's like very earnestly trying to like be a better person and like he's like that clearly like you would have the same reaction as my Muslim. It's like what the. I also want to say I never would have thought that Ryan Gosling had like great physical comedy in him, but then I had not seen him do that scene in the bowling uh, the bowling alley uh, bathroom, bathroom stall, yeah. where he has to try to prop open cover himself gun yeah. door. It was yeah. so <laughs> trying to be cool, but it was oh so fucking funny. Yeah, and he's a great he's great. This movie. <laughs> the other thing I really do like it's it's just like it's a small scene, but whenever um. Kim Basinger is hiring them to look for her daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, she start. You can't like they can't see it, but you, the viewer, can see that she's writing ten thousand on a check. And Ryan Gosling says something like, "Well, we wouldn't do it for less than five thousand. And Kim <laughs> Basinger's like, "Oh!" And she like rips it up. And Kim and Ryan Gosling looks at Russell Crowe's like, mm, "Daughter." <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. This, I mean, this is the kind of thing that I think she just does really well. Jay Black. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I was, I was gonna say like my my favorite bit about the Nixon thing is how like. Ryan Gosling does go like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then, like, there's like a beat of silence, and like, that would suck, though, wouldn't it? Like, right? Like, yeah. that would be the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I love the comic of him being like, no, no. <laughs> it's also just a great visual gag yeah. that he like kind of looks in the deep end of the pool, and there's just a guy <laughs> he's he's floating there, he's pointing at yeah. it too. Oh, there's that. There's like the, the cold coffee I love. Love. Yeah. Trying, the Holly comes in to sort of thwart that, like the, the assistant. She's just like throwing a putting a at them. She throws coffee. And she just like looks, stares stunned, and she's like, "Why did you pour cold coffee?" Hot. But then I love how it resolves. She's yeah, like, but the coffee so knocks out. It's so good. Yeah, and then like Russell Crowe's like that. That resolved itself. And, yeah. And honestly, I would have been like, "That's too cartoonish," but it honestly it works in the movie, and yeah. it's I don't know. Like I just thought. So much of that, so much of that movie was so delicately, beautifully balanced yeah. in that way. And you want to talk about visual comedy? The bit where the, the reason that he falls out of the uh, the house party is how he's like, <laughs> like, I'm a good actor. Try to shoot me, and she's like, she's like, like pew, pew. Pew. He's like trying to do these elaborate animals, so he just decides you just backflip yourself off. The <laughs> Well, I don't think he met. I don't think he thought he was backed up against it. Yeah, I got the impression that like he was still just like, or like I think he was drunk and just yeah, that he like, didn't realize that he was right at the edge of going to fall over if he did that. Um, I also loved uh, the the relatively short but still great running joke of um, don't say and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I walked in and I saw them like doing yeah. angle and stuff. <laughs> I love I love that Holly takes a beat, kind of looks off into the distance, like don't say and stuff. Just, Just say, say they did anal. They did anal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great. I mean the the dialogue is also great too. The bit where you get Ryan Gosling pre drunk 
saying, like, I'm looking for a girl named Amelia, she goes, oh, yeah, hi, blah, blah, And then it, like, cuts to, like, three drinks and he's like, hi, I'm looking for Amelia, I'm this tall. No, yeah. she has, she has brown hair. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and so you, you find she's, me. Oh, she goes, he's, she's brown up to here. Yeah, <laughs> find me, tell her I'm looking for me. <laughs> and tell her my name, let me know. <laughs> Such a great, oh, that that whole paragraph. And also, like his like partner chemistry with with Russell Crowe is really great. Mm-hmm. Russell Crowe actually, uh, he's very movie dependent for how I feel about him yeah. in any given thing. But I actually really is really, great. <laughs> yeah, I have no criticisms, nope. especially not about his singing. Here he can blow but, his way through popper. Oh my god, it is honestly it was on the level of fucking Pierce Brosnan. But um, it's uh. I, I appreciate that uh, he does a lot with a little, mm-hmm. and I feel like he lets a lot of this straight man energy while still being a weirdo in his own way yeah. in a really fun-to-watch way in this movie. Yeah. He's definitely like the mellow one, but he's not like the normal one. <laughs> no, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's not a whole lot else to say about this movie. Just go see this movie, y'all. Yeah. It's so, so good. Like, it didn't... It didn't do great box office wise. I'm pulling it up now. It has a 92 on Rotten Tomatoes, so like it was yeah. critically, you know, well received. Um, but it looks like it just made like a little over 60 on a budget of 50, which is oh. not great. Anything else to say about the nice guys? Uh, I, mean, I think that Shane it. Black should make more movies. Try to get like a, a one for you, one for me deal goal with his life. Well, the mm. thing after this, he did that Predator <laughs> reboot slash sequel. I don't know if that did well, did it? It did not. It didn't. And I, I was kind of intrigued by it. I didn't see. I don't really care about Predator. Um. So, I, I don't think he's done anything since then. I feel like he's been attached to crap. Yeah. But I don't know that he's written or directed anything since well, I, don't, I don't, you know, I don't care if it makes a lot of money. I just think that he should be allowed to do uh, every other movie he does. Should be one of something he does. I think he should do more comedy, honestly. And honestly, I would love him to do something more like what? Iron Man 3, great Iron Man movie. Me? And it's also like, I agree. I feel like also, because you, you can obviously criticize the Marvel movies for feeling samey, but like that is one I feel like you could really point to and be like, this is like clearly a Shane Black movie. Yes, like, and it's not like the others, and it also actually tries to like do different shit that you yeah. might not expect. It was and even if funny, you can, and even I had a good time. You can kind of see some of the twists coming, it's still really enjoyable, and I loved the way they did the Mandarin, because yeah. when and I heard they were doing that villain, yeah. I was like, Ooh boy! And if you are upset about the Mandarin reveal, you are a duty dum dum ding dong. Yeah. I don't care about you or what you think. Yeah. Because it was fun. Yeah, you're right. The last thing he made that he directed was Predator. And when was that again? Uh, 2018. Yeah. So it's. I mean, it's not been like a long, long time, and also yeah. like obviously mm-hmm. nothing's gonna happen yeah. now for another year or so. But movies are done. Yeah, we're all done. <laughs> yeah. Humanity is stopped. Yeah. Smoke a movie, got him. Yep. On that note. <laughs> well, Man, on, on that beautiful high note. So watch all the movies because we have a finite amount of them. Yeah. We'll keep coming at you in two weeks. Yep. More movies. Yeah, and see the nice guys. You're going to enjoy it. Nice guys. Yeah. yeah. Watch the nice guys. It's fun. You'll like it. You'll like it. Christmas is there. Just uh, like a fishing uh, black movie. Let's talk on the socials. Yeah, facebook.com slash blindwatchpodcast, uh, draftpack.com is the website, and you can rate us and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Bye! Bye! Bye.